Hello, everyone. Welcome to Random Encounter 268 or 268. I bet you have questions right now, like, why aren't you Rhythm Encounter? Shouldn't Rhythm Encounter be posting today? And in response, I have a question for you. Why aren't you currently playing Tears of the Kingdom? Because Tears of the Kingdom just got released. And you know what? That's what you should be playing right now. So, yeah, we are. Uh, I have stolen Rhythm Encounter's time slot uh, to bring you a random encounter so we have a chance to talk about the game that just got released a few days ago legend of zelda tears of the kingdom but do not worry because uh just because this is a random encounter not a rhythm encounter that does not mean we do not have rhythm representation because joining us today are mike hello and hillary hi and uh rhythm and random regular audra hello yeah so uh what we're going to be focusing on today are two games that are both sequels to what I would consider to be two of the most, I guess, relaxing Zen games of the last decade in diff- very different ways, obviously. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to be talking about Tears of the Kingdom, obviously, and we're going to be talking about Coffee Talk 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly. Uh, and just a heads up, this is going to be a uh, a very first impressions uh look at tears of the kingdom because mike and i are playing it and we have just both of us have just gotten off the uh, what's it called sky island i keep calling it the greater plateau like i think it's the great sky island <laughs> the yeah. great sky island the greater plateau is feels appropriate because that's basically what it is <laughs> um and uh we're going to be back on saturday with an emergency random encounter episode where mike and i and three other panelists are going to be talking about our first week with legend of zelda tears of the kingdom and uh really looking forward to that because i'm also really looking forward to playing more of the game um oh also audra hasn't played it yet and hillary has been watching a little bit mm-hmm. so it's this is primarily just going to be mike and i mike how are you enjoying it thus far much um yeah it's you know i i I tried not to look at too much because, you know, there were some previews a few weeks ago and I looked at a couple and it was obviously like, you know, Nintendo had like a very strict like you can talk about these like certain things. So the previews I looked at were almost the same thing. So I had a little bit of preview there and um, I mostly looked at Nintendo Life's review because, you know, our Alana, formerly of RPG fan, wrote it and it was a good review and everyone should read it. Yes, it was. And the fact that uh, the fact that Alana gave it a 10 speaks volumes to me because it's Alana and I trust Alana personally. I trust Alana, but so yeah, I'm like, Oh, it's a 10 out of 10 and her scoring. I mean, she doesn't hand those out lightly. No, she's, she's very fair. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually lost my train of thought, which is actually really fitting for talking about this game because it's very easy to be like, Oh, I'm going to go do that. It's like, wait a minute. Wait, what's over there? (laughs) I'm seeing some green bars Um, in the sky. Like I might need to look for a shrine. Uh, I've seen people describe it as, you know, it's a sequel, of course, to Breath of the Wild. But I think it like to me, I think this is true. Like after a few hours with it, it does not feel like the same game Um, that the the direction is different. Visually, of course, it looks like the same. It it is literally in the same world. But the way you get around and the way you play and just the different abilities you have to navigate and interact with the world make it feel very different and Mm -hmm. like more so than I expected. And I like that so far. I would agree with you, Mike, uh, with your assessment of the game thus far. It is not Breath of the Wild. Uh, it's not. It's, it's not a clone. It's. It, it, you know. It's really doing its own thing. Although I will admit there are a lot of similarities. Um, incidentally, we're going to be talking spoilers right now. So if you are desperately trying to avoid spoilers for Tears of the Kingdom, uh, maybe 
skip ahead a little bit, but we're not going to be talking about like big spoilers. This is like first two, three hours of gameplay. Um, it starts out in a very different way from the original with like a very uh, interactive cutscene, I would argue, um, which you probably have seen clips of in the trailers of uh, Link and Zelda going underneath Hyrule Castle and finding uh, a very thirsty Ganon or I call him thirsty Ganon. Everyone's calling Ganon or whoever it is very thirsty because he's very, very big. But like this is a very thirsty Ganon in the sense that he is completely dehydrated Um, (laughs) and uh, stuff happens and Link awakes on a sky island after being asleep for a considerable amount of time, Uh, you know, shades of the first one. Um, And he gets uh, he gets allocarded. Uh, at the very beginning of the game. So you start the game with like all of the hearts and the master sword, and then he doesn't have them anymore and only has three hearts. And there's a good gameplay reason why. And you awake on the sky Island and you need to putter around the sky Island and figure out what's going on and uh, get some new powers and stuff like that. uh, And to find Zelda who you have been separated from. So the beginning of it feels very similar to breath of the wild in the terms of the setup as link wakes up, there's a you know a gameplay area that's relatively self-contained that offers a vertical slice of pretty much everything the game has to offer so you can play around on it just like the Grand Plateau or the Great Plateau. Um, but then it starts moving in a different direction because you do have completely different powers from the first game. So the gameplay uh, becomes very, very different in terms of how you uh, go after puzzles. And immediately, immediately uh, I realized that as much time as I spent on Breath of the Wild, I'm going to be spending more time on Tears of the Kingdom just f***ing around, building random contraptions and seeing if they work. Right? Yes. Absolutely. Oh, what happens if I glue this to this? Yeah, exactly. It's very, very, very tempting for me when Mike is doing that to chime in with, use boulder on stick. Yes. Your graphic adventure <laughs> yes. heritage. Uh-huh. Yes. I, I really appreciate how this game encourages you to just combine random stuff and see what it does. It really does. <laughs> it It's it's a it's a playground like Breath of the Wild was a, also a playground, like big, nice open world that you explore uh, with a surprising amount in it, even though there's not it wasn't the traditional kind of open world where it's like every five minutes you come upon some kind of a a landmark of some kind. Uh, in Breath of the Wild, it was very much like you come upon a Korok seed or you come upon a just a, a scene of some kind. Um, and this is very similar to that, except now you you also find like random contraptions littering the ground. And you're like, hmm, what if I connect this to this? Uh, I think my favorite thus far was I was running around Hyrule. I'm, again, I'm not very far. I've just gotten off the uh, Sky Island. Uh, and I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil what happens next because it's, it's pretty cool. But um I, I was just running around Hyrule proper and uh, found a uh, j- just a basically a skateboard, like just a like a very, very basic vehicle. And there were two things beside it. And one was uh, a, an engine, like a, a fan engine. Uh, so I was like, "Ooh, OK, I'll put that in the back there. And then it was there was this circular thing. And I was like, is that a steering wheel? It was like a spherical kind of thing with a button on. And I was like, it must be a steering wheel. So I attached it to the front of the uh the cart and then I, I hit the I hit the wind turbine and the cart took off and I turned around and and pressed the button on the uh, steering wheel which turned out to be a bomb um, <laughs> oh no <laughs> and then sent Link flying into the air and uh, 
There was a joke when Amanda and I were playing Breath of the Wild that every time one of us did something ridiculously stupid that ended up in Link's death, we would just shout out, the hero of Hyrule, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) And there there thus far have been so many hero of Hyrule, ladies and gentlemen, moments in this game for me. Oh, I bet. This one wasn't mine. I mean, I've had some too, but I just I just saw this clip uh, someone posted or sent to me last night of someone who fused an explosive barrel to a boomerang mm-hmm. and then threw it at the enemy, but it missed. Uh, you can imagine how that went for Link. Um, yeah. I, and you know, there's people who are doing that. They're like, hmm, I wonder what happens if I combine my sword with a bomb. Mm-hmm. I can guess. I'll probably yeah. try it at some point, but I'm probably going to regret it. Yeah, it's the the central conceit of this game is you basically can connect any two objects together, whether that be your uh, a shield to another shield or a weapon to another weapon or uh, your usual like your pickup mechanic. Uh, you, when you do that, you can connect and fuse two objects together into one. Um, so you can make like you've probably seen the trailers. You can make rafts or uh, various other uh well, contraptions. Contraptions is the word of the day when it comes to Tears of the Kingdom because mm-hmm. there are a lot of contraptions. Um, it's basically like the developers just went on YouTube and looked at all of this shit of people breaking Breath of the Wild and were like, let's just make that gameplay. Yeah. Like when you see like images of people like taking two minecarts and putting them together and then using various things to create a flying machine, they're like, yes. We're just making that into the game now. That's the game. Which, which is like from a development standpoint, it's actually I'm just I'm actually really impressed by it because it's not just oh well we just made things that they connect you know these things can connect but like they do things like you yeah. connect you did you put a um um did you try fusing a minecart to your shield no not yet it works it works but also you because you can shield surf if you shield surf with the minecart on a rail you mm-hmm. just glide along the rail. Ooh, that is cool. It seems to be a pretty consistent logic to it. Yeah. Which is impressive. So like all these things, like like they had to figure out, okay, all these things can combine. What happens when these specific things combine? The wiki for this is going to be insane. It's going to be so long of just everything you can connect, everything else, and what it does, if anything. Mm -hmm. And I mean, okay, let's, we're, 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 uh, I'm a, you know, I'm a reviewer. I'm a, I'm a critic. Oh, incidentally, I am reviewing this game. Do not expect the review for some time because this is a big friggin' game uh, and I just got it. So we are going to have a review uh, when I finish, uh, which will be a little while, but I promise it will be out as soon as possible. Um, The game itself is very, how can I put this? It is, okay, I'm going to be charitable and phrase it by saying this is pushing the switch to its very limits yeah that's fair in terms of graphics and world size frankly i think it's kind of a miracle that they've actually managed to create a game like this in switch with so much so many different worlds because it's not just hyrule like it's the landmass of hyrule that was in the initial game is still there but now you have lots more i would argue just as much to explore as uh hyrule itself so maybe a l- little less, but maybe not. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. So they basically doubled the game world. Um, and that's impressive in and of itself. That being said, there are a few graphical issues. A um, lot more pop-in than I would like. Uh, draw distances are a little funky sometimes. Um, like clearly, I feel like this game was designed for the Switch Pro or the Switch 2 
or whatever they were planning on releasing and then cancel because it, it runs okay. It could run better. Right. But it's still, it's still like, uh, not to just make the obvious comparison, but it's night and day when you compare it to like Pokemon. I know it. I mean, I have to, I have to, because like you, sometimes you, and not just Pokemon, but like sometimes you'll play a game on Switch, like when something is designed for like the PS5 or something and they port it over and you're like, okay, well, you know, this is, this is all you can do on Switch. But like sometimes a game like this will come out and you're reminded, it's like, no, I mean, there, there are ways, uh, Yep. So the Switch is yeah. actually more powerful than sometimes you think it is, even though it's not on the level of the others. I'm not sure if the Switch is more powerful or if Nintendo is more powerful and they just have wizards <laughs> working as developers. I and mean, they, they're, they're wiz robes, actually. Yeah, they're wiz robes. And that's how these games actually run and why Nintendo games run so well on Switch consoles and nothing else does. <laughs> um, yeah, the... Uh, the game runs really, really well for the generation. I mean, I know there are people out there who are who have actually bought the game and they own a Switch, but they are playing it through slightly more illicit means on a uh, on a let's just say a console, a, a virtual console of sorts, <laughs> um, so they can get better performance. I am not. Um, I am playing it on the Switch because I love my Switch. Um, and also because, you know, I'm reviewing it and that would not be that would not be cool if I was like, wow, the draw distance is amazing. If you're not playing it on Switch and you <laughs> didn't pay for the game. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, there I, th I think that we are going to be seeing a whenever the Switch 2 comes out. I mean, rumors have it coming out next year, but rumors had it coming out last year and <laughs> the year before that. Um, so huh, who knows? Uh, I think that this game is going to get a dramatic uh, upgrade in terms of its uh, performance. That being said, it's running fine. It's running pretty well. I'm surprised at how well it's running considering just how much is going on. Right. Like I said, I'm still early on and it is, it's hitting all the same buttons for me as Breath of the Wild. Like it's been a long time since I played Breath of the Wild and I'm just remembering what a ridiculous collectathon this game is and how it like, you get just like you got to collect every mushroom that's growing around every single tree. Well, you got to cook them. You got to cook them, and you got oh the the cooking mechanics are greatly improved in this game, incidentally, because you can actually uh, you can go to recipes now and you can yeah, see like lists I, of recipes, and it will tell you if you have all the ingredients, and if you already have all the ingredients, you can just click on the recipe, and it will put them all into Link's arms automatically uh, to dump into the pot. So that's better. useful. Yeah, it's much better, much 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 better. Um, and there are other things like you, there are now there's there's portable cooking stoves. Uh, so if you are stuck somewhere and you need some kind of a boost, whether it be uh, a cold weather boost or you need a little bit more stamina, uh, you can cook yourself up something mm -hmm. if you have the recipe. I love those. I, I know some people have been calling them like gotcha machines, which is like I don't think is the right term because there's no actual gotcha mechanics in this game. Um, they're just like um, they're well, the capsule like, machines, the capsule machines, vending machines. Um, I think they're a lot of fun. I mean, just to see like, oh, what can I get? It's like, oh, cool. I got a bunch of portable flamethrowers. Thank you. Things you only say in Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> yes. Yeah, portable flamethrowers are fun, especially when you connect them to things like your shield. Uh-huh. Have you messed with any rockets yet? I found one, and I didn't I didn't play with it yet because I went to bed. Oh, um, okay. But I looked at it and was like, hmm, I wonder what I can do with this. Uh-huh. They're pretty cool. The way the progression is handled in this game is going to be very similar to the way the progression was handled in Breath of the Wild in that you 
have a limited number of hearts and a limited amount of stamina, but you build that up by going to shrines and getting like the power of shrines. And when you get four of them, you can trade it in for another heart container or a uh, stamina boost. Uh, and of course, the stamina boost lets you climb higher and swim further and hearts let you not die as fast. <laughs> I'm dying so fast. I know. You know, I think that's I think that's part of the game design, the trade off, too, because they're like, OK, the, the powers they get, the powers they give you to like fuse and like navigate, like with ascend, like mm-hmm. you, you're much more powerful or more capable. And you have many more options. So I think the trade off was like, well, enemies are smarter and there's more of them and they hit you really hard. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't break the game as much as you think it would when you're like, oh, I can just do whatever I want. Yeah, the <laughs> doing whatever you want is a good a good descriptor of this game, really. Uh, Amanda and I have a, had a joke for Breath of the Wild that's just, I, I'm pretty sure this is fairly widespread, where it's just Zelda in whatever whatever Twilight Realm she's in, just watching Link bumble around when she's when he's supposed to be saving her. <laughs> and just, just her going, oh, God. Um, and I, I, the joke that I, I made immediately was, uh, you, you meet a new friend. And he gives you he gives you your new your new tool your new Sheikah slate that you can use to like move stuff and and connect things together. And I just imagine him being like, "Do not worry, Zelda. I gave Link my arm. It allows him to connect any two objects together." And she's just like, "You did what?" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "It will make him more powerful than ever." And she just like turns a mirror to him and just seeing Link making like a rocket car <laughs> and her being like this is we will never be saved ever you just gave the ability to connect any two objects to the most distractible man in hyrule <laughs> it's true canonically speaking link is the most distractible man in the history of hyrule uh-huh. just any quest that link is on is just like ooh, what's that <laughs> what's this over here Ooh, hello and i just imagine zelda just being like just save me <laughs> no rocket go voom right <laughs> I do like the stuff that has that has carried over, like the like environmental effects and stuff mm-hmm. is is still there. So if you're mm-hmm. if you're fighting like an because I did this last night, like a bunch of enemies, like you can set a patch of grass on fire and create a current and fly up in the air and you know do your like bullet time arrow flinging. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The I I had forgotten that this was a thing in the game until my first thunderstorm, and I'm like, huh, why is my sword sparking? And I'm like, oh right. I don't want metal equipment on right now, mm-hmm. but I, I use that to uh, get into one of the towers. This is actually, if you, again, one, if you watch any of those previews, like one of the areas Nintendo let people show off was this one tower. And as you're walking in, they roll this big, like metal spiked ball at you. And, um, you know, so like, okay, well, first I'm going to roll back time to roll the ball back up the ramp and take out some of the guys. But also there was lightning going on and I realized I could grab that ball, hold it way far away from me. And I just <laughs> held it up there and walked into the tower and just let lightning like hit that lightning ball and blow up everything around it. And it was just so silly and fun. I think we talked about this a little bit, but I appreciate how the newer you know objects and mechanics actually are kind of bringing some new flair to those environmental effects. Yeah, because um, if you haven't done it, the uh, amount of lightning that gets drawn down on a like ten foot diameter steel ball is much more potent than on a single sword. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's it's pretty neat. It really makes you look at what's around. Yeah, and, 
and like, oh, wait, there's some metal boxes over there. And also there's some explosive barrels, mm -hmm. which, you know, obviously I was going to use to my advantage and did not die about a dozen times <laughs> trying to like get to this tower because they blew up mm -hmm. in my face. <laughs> I died so many times. The last thing I did last night before I went to bed, I was like, I'm just going to, I jumped off. Um, I went back up to the uh, Sky Island and then I jumped off in a different direction just to see what was going on. I was like, I'm going to go a little further into Hyrule. Uh, and I, I, I ended up very far into Hyrule, much farther than I should have been in terms of my uh, health level. Um, <laughs> and I landed near a moblin encampment. Um, and it had a, a big, big moblin and a lot of armored moblins, uh, blue moblins. And I decided I'm going to clear this place out and then go to bed. And this turned into me not going to bed for an hour. <laughs> um, uh -huh. uh, because I kept dying repeatedly because I was clearly in an area where I should not have been. But that's part of the fun of it because you start getting creative with the game mechanics and like, all right, so if I swing my stick, it's not going to hurt them. It's just going to bounce off the armor. So how do I, how do I fix this? My first solution was just to stealth bomb the crap out of them with bomb arrows, um, which sort of worked until I got hit with a rock and then fell on my butt. And then someone whacked me with a stick with their stick and I died. <laughs> um, and then I discovered, I realized that there was a, a, a big spiky ball uh, under the, Thing. So I, I picked that up and started whacking people with it and dropping them on and dropping it on them. And that seemed to work pretty well. Um, and then I, and then of course I, I found some uh, bomb barrel or some explosive barrels and I started like stealthing those around the camp into strategic areas. So when I lured them into my trap, I would blow them up. Uh, and then I, I cleared everybody out except for like one moblin, one last moblin who had like no health and he snuck up behind me and hit me and killed me. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And that was like, I should probably just go to bed now. So I don't know if I'm going to continue with my, my Moblin attack or not. Probably not. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But the point is, I'm having a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with this game. Uh, and I believe you are too, Mike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really need to go, you know, because we're both at the point. Well, you already went down into the that one cave thing? Yeah. Yeah, I did. And oh. it's it. It's, you're going to be... There's going to be some surprises down there for you, I think. Okay. Yeah, I have not done that yet. Yeah, this is the 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 chasm section is something that Nintendo has successfully kept under wraps, actually. Yeah. Um, until release, I had no idea. Yeah, and there's some there's some interesting stuff down there that's going to make you go, "Whoa." Okay. Mm. And I yeah, yeah, head down there. Um and of course, we got returning characters uh from the first game and uh if you played the uh uh, Hyrule Warriors spinoff of uh, Breath of the Wild. You're gonna. There will be a couple of characters you recognize from that back again, and uh, yeah, it's it's coming along really well. Again, I'm only in like the first few hours. I can tell that there's going to be many more hours of playing it, and I'm really enjoying it so, thus far. It's it's scratching all the same itches as Breath of the Wild, but there's more to it than just that. It is genuinely a sequel to Breath of the Wild. It's not an expansion pack. It's not a DLC. It's a sequel. Yeah. One random thing I just have to really admire, like as Link is running around, testing all these inventions, getting blown up, getting flung everywhere, <laughs> flinging enemies everywhere. I, I found myself really admiring like the physics of all of that because that's mm. also uh, a ton of work. Oh, yeah. And even things as, simp as simple as designing your little cart to take you from one area to another on the Sky Island. I know the first time... Mike and I did it. We both looked at it a little bit because it wasn't balanced 
properly at first, so mm-hmm. we couldn't get it to actually move, and yeah. we had to, we had to fix it. Right, use a smaller piece of wood mm-hmm. so it would balance better. Yeah, I will say my only real complaint about the game, and I haven't looked, but I suspect it's a complaint that many many people have, is that the rotation function when you're trying to get a like a hook or something to go straight up. Um, my apparently my spatial orientation abilities are not good enough to actually properly uh, <laughs> manipulate a hook or a like a post or something to go stick straight up in the air. It's always at an angle. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think I've gotten used to it. You know, like when you turn it one way, it wants to go at an angle, but I and I can't articulate it and explain it. I have to like visually see it. And but I don't know. I don't know what a better way is because, you know, moving. Oh, there's not one. Moving things in a 3D space with, you know, uh, 2D controls. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, it's the same in like working in like a 3D, you know, design app or something like you just have to like grab handles and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think I think you'll get the hang of it. I, oh, yeah, I will. And I have. But it's uh, there's a lot here. Yeah. Um, there's a lot here. And there's a lot I haven't discovered yet. And there are twists and turns in the plot that I, I realize are going to be coming. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting ride, I think. And I, I, I'm not far enough into it yet to say whether these tens out of tens are justified, but I'm certainly enjoying it. So unless it falls flat in its face, it's certainly heading towards somewhere in the nines. Yeah. I think anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the, these are just our initial impressions of Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, by, by Saturday, these uh, impressions might completely turn around and we might be like, oh, it's horrible. No, that's oh, yeah. not going to okay. happen. <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. We're going to get together on uh, – we're well, going to get together in a few days and we're going to – Matoya took offense to that. Yeah. Yes, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> we're going we're gonna to sit down together and we're going to have a big, big – Good, good conversation about Tears of the Kingdom. So if you're at all curious about that conversation, uh, stay tuned. It will be coming out in just a few days. Um, but because this is technically a regular episode of Random Encounter and we have not actually played very much of Tears of the Kingdom yet, that's just a little tease, our first impressions. Uh, we're going to talk about something else now, another game that got released uh, a few weeks ago and which I know happens to be a personal favorite series of Audra, Mike, and Hillary, which is Coffee Talk episode two hibiscus and butterfly uh now this is obviously the sequel to coffee talk uh a game that was released a few years ago uh where you 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 run basically you run a coffee shop in an alternate world version of seattle where uh mythic creatures exist and not just exist but they also have day jobs um they're just parts of they're just members of society um with their usual fantasy tropes uh translated into the modern day world so your job is to listen to their troubles and to make them coffee. Uh, it's a very relaxing game. It has a legendary soundtrack. Mm-hmm. And the sequel came out uh, a few weeks ago. And uh, Audra, you reviewed this uh, for the site. You also reviewed Coffee Talk. We, t- we talked about it in episode, uh, I think it was 259. It was back in January uh, for Random Encounter. You came on to talk about Coffee Talk 1. Uh, so yeah, you've continued the series. What are your thoughts on it? I really enjoyed it. I feel like it does some things stronger and then other times it's just, it's kind of more, to me, it's more of the same, really. Yeah, it's the Tears of the Kingdom of Cockett. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a really solid game and just a wonderful kind of continuation of the original Coffee Talk, I think. Very relaxing and very soothing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically the exact same central conceit as the initial game, which is what I just said. You're, You're a barista. 
mm-hmm. you, you talk to your customers and you make them various hot beverages. Um, and that's sort of the entire game. But if you like visual novels and Sims and that kind of relaxing Zen thing, then Coffee Talk really talks to you. Yes, it does. I'm I'm kind of curious, Alder, what'd you name your barista this time around? Um, just my name. I'm not very original. <laughs> I, I still can't remember. We somehow lost our save for the first game because I forgot what we called her. So this time we we, we called her Starbuck. Um, <laughs> That's pretty good. Technically a Battlestar reference. Yeah. Um, doubles is a yeah. coffee and Battlestar. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's kind of funny sometimes. Like, I don't I don't think the first game was balanced any much differently, but it is funny. Like, we just did one of the days last night, and like, we, sometimes people come in and don't even like order a drink. Not all the time. Oh, yeah, so, they're like, just going to talk. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it, you are in a coffee shop and you are making drinks, but like the game is definitely mostly about the characters and <laughs> the narrative. I mean, at least they'll, like for the day we just finished, it made sense because one of the characters was picking the other character who already had a drink up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, okay. So, so that's that sort just of freeloading. No. And then there's the cat that you don't really... Yeah. That's true. There's a cat that shows up in in the second installment and you have no idea what's going on with them, but they just kind of hop up into one of your chairs and stare at you. Yeah. Oh my God, this game caters to a very specific demographic. <laughs> yes. Right. And and that's not to be confused with the Nekomimi, who are the cat people who can right. transform Great into children. cats. I mean, I'm guessing, yeah. I'm guessing that cat also it's is also one a of those, but we well, Probably, but we don't know yet. Uh, there's something about the cat that I, I don't want to spoil it. Okay. I think it's like a secret, secret ending. Okay. Yeah, like, I'm looking, we're looking at the calendar in the game and it looks like we're pretty far but through. But our game progress is not. The game progress is like no. 30%. So like, obviously there's we have way more to do. much more to see. <laughs> yeah. So how does making drinks work in this game? So basically they give you a base for your drink to play with and then some other ingredients that you can layer with that. So bases are things like your tea, your coffee, chocolate is one, milk can be one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in this sequel, you get two new types of tea, hibiscus and butterfly pea. Hmm. And then you have things like ginger, mint, honey, cinnamon, cinnamon that you can put with it. And you make, you make your best guess as to what to pair. And it makes some pretty outrageous drinks sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I like the blue marshmallow with the butterfly pea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That one's like, fun. You, what, it's it's milk honey, I think? Honey and, butterfly pea. and, yeah. And then it just turns into this, like, it looks like a dessert. It's like this mound of, like, whipped cream and marshmallows. <laughs> yes. And- but yeah. It's like, like so- that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like sometimes the characters will say, like, you know, I want something that has this in it. And you have to kind of guess. Or, or I or- don't want this. Or they want a certain drink, but you don't know how to make it yet. So you got to kind of puzzle it out. But the cool thing is if you are knowledgeable about hot beverages, oftentimes it matches at least as as best it can with the limited, you know, system. It does sort of match. Like to make chai, ginger, cinnamon, and tea. Yeah. Hmm. And I think I've actually looked up a recipe for Russian tea once, Mm -hmm. and I managed to figure out how to make it through the online (laughs) That's the one that we got stuck on, and then and then Riona was mad at us. Oh no! Aww. She just wanted a hot cup of vodka, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact: um, I've actually tried the one of the things about Russian tea. I think in real life is that it's super concentrated, and I mm-hmm. actually got to try it once. 
It's really good. Yeah. But it, yeah. it like it hyped me up more than coffee. I was like bouncing off the walls. Oh wow. <laughs> okay, what if you suck at latte art? You don't have to do you it. You don't really have to. I mean, they require some of them are like, I want latte art with it, please. And then but it's not you don't have to be very good at it. Yeah. There's not like an actual grading system. No. It's just yeah. whether or not you do You it. won't get like a different it's a yes or no. Yeah. Did you do it? Did you the, try? The person that usually asks for it is Bailey's, right? Like the graphic designer elf. In the first game, and yeah. He'll be, yeah, and he'll be snarky at you. Like, oh, you call this art, huh? Okay. How on brand for both an elf and a graphic designer. Pretty right. much. <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, that's true. In terms of the actual, I guess, mechanics of making your brews, uh, are there any gameplay uh, consequences from screwing up or doing a good job? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, you um, unlock various scenes based on how good you make the drinks or how badly you make them, And pretty much. And in the first game, just to avoid spoiling stuff for the second game, there is actually a crucial decision you can choose. Someone is like very stressed and very overworked, and you can choose to make a drink that will relax them and encourage them to sleep, or you can choose to make them their like triple espresso and like hmm. continue them on the path they're on. Yeah, but like it, it, it will change the dialogue for mm-hmm. the rest of that day, and well, I guess it would have repercussions down the line too, and change your flow because it's like, I mean, of course, on Steam, like there's there's achievements, of course, for like getting a drink right, and of course, there's achievements for getting them wrong. Yep. But like, depending on what you do, like that day will play out totally differently. It's like, well, this isn't what I wanted, and sometimes it's it can be this isn't what I wanted, but actually, it's really good, or maybe that is what you were supposed to do. So it's, it's pretty interesting. It is interesting. Unless you're, you know, really disappointed and you're like, no, 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 I cannot accept this person not getting the drink they want. So I'm going to reload my save. You're which... not you're not talking about anyone in particular there. No, we've never done that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Although um, there is one where you have to get a wrong drink, actually. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because the person intentionally doesn't like. Yes. The person intentionally asks you for it when they know you don't have one of the ingredients. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a trickster. So you have those kind of customers. Yeah, it's very on brand. Yep. I still like that character a ton, though. Oh, yeah. I love them. Yeah, I love them. Especially because he's always the one that ends up giving the other characters, like, the real talk advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one else is willing to be, like, so blunt about it. One of the things that has been added to this game uh, from the last one is, I guess, more... <laughs> I'm going to say online functionality. I do not mean that in the DLC or always online sense. I mean, you literally have the in-game version of like Facebook. Tomodachi, or- yes. Yeah. That's in the first one too. Yeah, but I think they've expanded it because they have the stories, right? Oh yeah. yeah, they have the stories. They have stories and you can like things now? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. That's true. Which is very cute. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because to me, I mean, yes, coffee shops, a wonderful place to get to know each other, but in today's world... You know, part of friendship is the online experience, talking to your friends, hanging out, that kind of thing, and seeing what they like and post. So the fact that that's now available is cool. And they, they sort of leaned very hard into it because one of your one of the new characters is an influencer. Oh, yeah. Lucas. Lucas. The Seder. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I mean, I, li- the Seder. I like, yeah, I like that aspect because, you know, each day of the shop, like only certain people come in. So it's kind of neat, though, that you can see, you can kind of follow, like, what the other characters might be doing on those off days. The beginning of every day, Mike is like, hold up, I got I to gotta check my social media. Well, because yeah. when you start the day, there's a little red notification bubble, and I need that to go away. 
And I also want to know what's yeah, going on. I need and to see what everyone's doing before I make your drinks. Hang but on. like, and they, but they talk to each other too. So that's cool. It's like a Twitter kind of thing. So that's like, true. You can see them tagging each other and responding to each other. And like, you know, especially like the newer characters, like you can see how they're like growing and getting to know each other partially through that system. Mm-hmm. How much like life. Yeah. The, I guess, I know that for you, you all enjoy the game, but I certainly know for Mike and Hillary, uh, one of the biggest draws of this game is the music. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, because Coffee Talk has a rather legendary video game soundtrack, uh, lo-fi, chill beats, uh, and that is continued now with Coffee Talk Episode 2. And Audrey, you actually mentioned this in the review where you... uh, it, it you can find like the sound it's in the music it's in the music app on your phone in the yes. the video game mm-hmm. phone. and you even uncover more based off of drinks you give to a certain character because she's working on collaborations with the composer yeah yeah they have a little meta moment yeah the, yeah. Mu- the musical character collaborates with the legendary <laughs> composer yeah. Andrew Jeremy. Well, yeah, I think we talked about that in the last... Jeremy Gendrew, isn't that his name? Jeremy Gendrew in the, <laughs> in the, the game. game. <laughs> which, which is how it was in the first game, too. Because, yep. like, you could you could browse the music in the first game. And it, it was would, all Jeremy Gendrew. Yeah, it was a play off of the composer's actual name. And then in this game, yeah, you have one of the characters, like, they bring him in. I mean, he don't see him actually see him in the game but that that they're working with the character and like oh yeah like you know that's the guy whose music you always play in the shop right i just think that's such a yeah. cute touch and it is a cute touch and your your barista character is a fan like one of, <laughs> you've got one of his albums like <laughs> on the wall yes. well i know that uh not, not you're, you're big fans of the music if anyone wants a i guess a taste of some of the music uh was, yes, it was the very first track uh, on episode 83 of Rhythm Encounter, Cafe Vibes, uh, which was, uh, oh, it was only, wow, it was only a few weeks ago. Oh, no, that was last year. I was going to okay, say. I was like, <laughs> I, don't remember, I, I don't remember editing this last, no. um, just a few weeks ago. Uh, yeah, so the first episode on it, er, the first episode, so the first song on it is Moonbright from Coffee Talk's uh, soundtrack. Which mm. is um, a that song samples Debussy's Claire de Lune. And then you brought Lonely Space on the Cocktail Cantata. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. A- another recent yes. episode. Yeah. yeah. A more recent episode of Rhythm. Yeah. Actually, that was before that. It was uh, 75. Oh. It was on January 3rd, 2022. It's okay. Time has no meaning. I mean, I bring, I, I'll bring on Coffee Talk music to Rhythm Encounter whenever it even barely fits the to- topic. So yeah didn't we kind of do a little mini rhythm encounter episode on with random too at one point with a coffee talk i think we did yeah yes. i think it was the one in january like we had a we had a song moment right mm-hmm. yeah we did it was like a little song moment I, would, I mean we could probably do that with this one too if we wanted to um if anyone has a song in mind i don't have a song in mind i don't have the soundtrack they're yet. all good yeah yeah they're all good um yeah but so like i said if you wanted to if you wanted to listen to a song, like a little mini rhythm encounter, uh, yeah, episode 259, Marvel Talk, uh, would be the episode to listen to of Random Encounter for that. Um, <laughs> I'm just reading my description, and suddenly a wild rhythm encounter appears. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just admiring the admiring my writing. I'm like, oh, that's clever. Who wrote, that sh- who wrote that show description? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always encourage everyone here to admire their own work. Oh yeah. We, I'm, I'm not going to lie. The, the title of this episode is probably the thing I'm most proud of. I did at RPG <laughs> fan for quite some time. <laughs> we were talking about it on the card and Mike, you suggested a uh, Hyrulean latte. 
I believe. And then I just started making jokes about what we could name this episode. And I, my, what were my options here? I said, uh, a steaming cup of Zelda, which just sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm glad we didn't let, let no, in on that one. Yeah. A big steaming cup of Zelda. No spoilers. Um, and then I said, a link to the coffee. And I was like, wait a second. A latte to the past. Ha ha, I'm a genius. I will never come up with anything this clever again, ever. <laughs> Not for this episode, true. or ever again. Maybe who knows? No. I might the, the the title of this episode might I might I might have peaked. Oh, <laughs> please, please, you're fine. Um, yeah. So, Coffee Talk Two is, you know, it's if if it sounds like it's great, it sounds like it's again very similar to Tears of the Kingdom. It's more of the same with more on top. Um, if you liked Coffee Talk, you're really going to like Coffee Talk too because it's continuing many of the plot lines. It's introducing new ones. And actually, that you just made me think of something there. They did add in a new mechanic that we haven't talked about. For oh, yes, the item fun. given. You, you now have items that you can exchange with your patrons, and that actually comes into play and affects like the plot a little bit based on whether you remember to give something to someone at the correct time or not. Yeah, or yeah. if you give it to the, someone the different person. and see what happens, yeah. Usually it's just, huh, this isn't mine. But sometimes you get funny responses. Yeah. yeah. I, I do like, I, I wanted to bring this up a little bit. Um, I'm not sure if we're like winding down on Coffee Talk, but um, before, actually no, it was like right after the game came out, you know, they were promoting the game and there was like a developer interview thingy. Uh, I think on I think it is posted on Steam. Maybe it's on their site or something too. But they talked about a little bit about what the goal was with the game and how you know the theme the theme of the sequel was about like change and growth, and that's why they didn't introduce a whole lot of new characters because they did. They, they're like, oh, we introduced two new characters, which is uh, spoilers. I think spoilers it's is no, oh, no. They said I know they said two. They intentionally said they're two. Like, like no, we introduced yeah. Lucas and we introduced Riona, and like oh cool, you didn't talk about the third most the best character you introduced Heck in the game. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how you land Audra, but we absolutely love Amanda. Amanda, <laughs> Amanda so. is awesome. She's so good. I, love I could her not agree so more. <laughs> and uh, sibling bond. Oh, she's so, like, yeah. yeah, she's great. I mean, it, also a character that just wears an astronaut suit. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how <laughs> they made her as expressive as she is since you never see anything. And she has the little face. flower. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. To differentiate her from when from her brother. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I yeah, we love Amanda. Yeah, I do too. They want, but um no, so they said like they they wanted to show growth. So like the best way to do that was like not focus all on new characters, but they want to bring back the other characters and show them like where they are like three years later and like the new things they're doing and how their life has progressed. And I, I think they did that really well. They did that in a pretty convincing way. They did. Yeah. And I think but Despite what they said, like they also are doing that with the new characters. The new mm-hmm. characters also have like really great like story arcs, and seeing how they, the new ones interact with the old ones, and how they meet each other and play off each other. Like they they've really blended the, the new characters the, with the, the existing old and the new ones. Interact, especially. Is it okay if I go into specific characters? Yeah, a little sure. Bit? Yeah. So okay, one of the characters um, from the first game is Rachel, who is a Nico Mimi singer. Yeah, and she's established famous mm-hmm. um her arc in the first game was kind of like feeling pressure from her her dad who was managing her right yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. And the, in the first game and then you see her at the beginning of this game and she's branching out a little bit she's saying now she 
has a little bit more freedom. She wants to get into composition and not just be, you know, the singer idol kind of pop star, Mm -hmm. um, which is really neat to see. So that's kind of some of her growth, but because one of the new characters is also into singing and because one of them is also like kind of influencer social media famous a little bit, like it's very interesting to see how those three kind of learn from each other and interact with each other and grow by knowing each other. Yeah. I love their, whole if you see their friendship through to the end it's really cute yeah we again i'm not sure exactly how far we are but we're at the point where like the three of them finally like got together and like collaborated on a thing mm-hmm. and i'm like oh good she finally did that because like you know riona i love i love riona actually like i yes. just think like like they have you know you have elves and other, these other characters but they never had they didn't have a banshee character before and i think that was a really interesting addition and mm-hmm. she she's very cool and expressive and neat and just her the way she comes when you start that game like she does not want to talk basically she's just like she's very reserved and uh very very moody but, and very uh, very like set in how she thinks the world and other people are yeah, at but, first. But I really like seeing her, her like grow and like open up and learn from other people. I'm really relieved, actually, to hear that the game's writing has certainly sounds like it is uh, very. It's exceptionally good writing, and it's continued off on from the first game because the uh, the series, I guess, the main series writer and the series creator, uh, Mohammed Fami, yep, uh, passed away in 2022. I do not know if uh, he was involved in coffee talk episode two. I know that he was developing a small project on his own uh, that was delayed obviously because of his passing. Uh, But coffee talk one was in many ways, it sounds like his baby. So it sounds like people have managed to continue on and and really capture the spirit of the first game, which is great. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you are all very much enjoying coffee talk episode two hibiscus and butterfly. Um, this is a game that I was thinking about, you know, playing with Amanda at some point because it does seem like a nice relaxing time where we can just kind of chill out and play a game. Do it. Do voices. It makes <laughs> oh, it I so always, much more fun. I always do voices. <laughs> when, Amanda, when Amanda and I were watching uh, the opening cutscene of uh, Tears of the Kingdom, yeah, Zelda has a lot of the dialogue, but in the parts of the game where she doesn't have any dialogue, I did my best Zelda impression uh, for all of it, which kills Amanda because apparently I nail it. I'm not sure. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's okay. That's great. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, this is going to be a relatively short episode of Random Encounter because I got edited for tomorrow morning. Uh, but I'm really glad that we get to talk a lot about Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly, because like I said, it sounds pretty cool. And I know that the first game is uh, terrific, and I'm glad the second game is too. Before we go, I just wanted a really quick little uh, little discussion question here. This is courtesy of Hillary. This is Hillary's idea for discussion question. I just love it, uh, which is... What is your favorite hot beverage to carry around Hyrule? <laughs> Hillary, why don't you go first? Okay. I mean, I've got to go with a latte. They're my actual favorite. <laughs> what kind? Uh, you go with your real life current favorite from our favorite place? Oh, geez. That, no. Isn't that, that what you have right now? That seems, yes. Okay. That seems a little bit, a little bit too sweet for carrying around Hyrule. Oh, okay. So blue, blueberry cheesecake latte. No, maybe something like a caramel or a vanilla. Okay, I, I, I'm really curious what your like, what your rules are here. Why can't you carry sweet things around Hyrule? A blueberry cheesecake latte sounds like it would be a good stamina booster. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 
if you're halfway up a mountain, you're about to run out of uh, stamina. I need sugar. <laughs> yes. Yeah, shoot a blueberry cheesecake latte and you'll get uh, three full bars of stamina. <laughs> there you go. We'll go with that. Coffee for stamina. Okay. Latte for stamina. That would be kind of a funny mechanic if uh, you had things like, st- if you had like stimulants and it uh, <laughs> it like jacked you straight up to like three bars of stamina to get up somewhere and then it just halved your stamina. You just have a sugar crash immediately afterwards. Oh my gosh. And you have to like right, wait till your stamina gauge gets back to normal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike, what is yours? Mine's also a latte. Uh, at the moment, if, again, if we're going to go literal, like what I literally have right now, it's a it's a honey cinnamon latte. But that's something you can make in coffee talk. It is actually. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I'm good with like any any latte, like usually flavored ones. Um, honey cinnamon, caramel's good, vanilla's good, a milk is always a winner. So, yeah. And Audra? Well, right now I've been drinking just skinny vanilla lattes, so I guess I'd say that. Hmm. Um. I am not a coffee drinker. I tried getting into coffee in uh, university and failed miserably uh, because I don't like the taste of it for some reason. That's um, fair. Yeah. However, I am a, uh, I drink a lot of tea, like a lot of tea, uh, like at least eight, nine cups a day. Um, and my favorite, hmm, there's a tea store in Toronto in the beaches neighborhood called Pippin's which is the most appropriate name for a tea store Aww. ever. It just sounds English. Yeah. Yes. And uh, they have absolutely fantastic teas and many flavors of different kinds of flavored black tea that I very much enjoy, like mango. But I think my favorite tea of theirs and probably what I would drink, uh, what I was just drinking now is black currant tea, mm-hmm. which is a flavor that I nor that uh american north american audiences do not know because black currants are illegal in north america really um yeah they're illegal there was a uh i can't i think it was in the early 20th century there was some kind of a i don't know if it was a fungus or uh some kind of infection uh which could spread from black currant to other plants oh, wow. uh, so there was a eradication campaign in north america which destroyed all the black currant plants and there were import bans put into place. I don't think those import bans still exist, but the flavor just, it's not something that's known to really North American audiences. Not it's so just much. A berry. I mean, you, it's you, just a berry really. Yeah. You find them occasionally in like jams or teas. If you look hmm. carefully. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. But the black currant tea is probably my favorite tea. Um, flavor tea. Anyway, my favorite regular tea is just Earl gray. I just love a good, good old fashioned Earl gray tea. Uh, Lady Grey. I just like tea. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'd be running around Hyrule with a thermos of a black currant tea, <laughs> which actually does sound like something that Link would have in his backpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see it. Black currant tea sounds very uh, canonically accurate. Hmm. Anyway, so we are going to leave it off there because I know that Mike and I both want to get back to uh, fooling around in Hyrule. Um, also, I've got to call my mom because it's Mother's Day today. Yeah. Aww. Happy Mother's yeah. Day to those celebrating. Yes. Happy Mother's Day. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that is today's episode of Random Encounter. Like I said, we will be back on Saturday. Um, funny enough, usually I, I tease what's coming up, but because we kind of stole Mike's time slot with rhythm, I'm just uh, – it, it's the exact same as it was last week. So we have two other podcasts on uh, RPG Fans' website. We have Retro Encounter. Uh, the last episode of which was Octopath Traveler 2 spoiler cast. 
Uh, and coming up is a two-parter on Lost Odyssey. Uh, Solosi is off for the next couple of weeks, but Zach has been picking up the slack. So you can check those episodes out. We also have Rhythm Encounter, which is RPG Fans Music Podcast. Uh, Mike, why don't you tell us what was uh, last week's episode, or the week before last now? So our most recent episode was an episode about uh, Hitoshi Sakamoto's music, which was a lot of fun because much like I try to bring coffee talk music everywhere I can, I also try to br- bring Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter <laughs> music anywhere I can. And that was another good outlet. Um, but that was fun. There were some expected choices and some unexpected ones. Um, so please, please check that one out. And then coming up next week, we're doing a sequel to our character themes episode. Our first character themes episode was uh, a long time ago. So hmm. it turns out there's a lot of characters in, in RPGs. So it's really a topic we could revisit forever and never run out. So uh, that one was fun to record. So also check that one out. Cool. Um, if you're looking for a way to support us here at RPG Fan, I highly suggest that you check out our store. Uh, so we have a store. You can find it at www.rpgfan.com shop. And there you can find all kinds of things with our logo on it, with our 25th anniversary logo on it. If you'd like a mug uh, focused on that, it's a really great logo. Just visit our website. Look up in the top left-hand corner. Boom, there it is. 25th anniversary. We are 25 years old, which is simply crazy. We are old enough to vote and buy a gun. And I'm not sure what the rule is in Canada, but also rent a car because that's 25 for some reason down here, unless that changed. I think I could rent a car before I was 25. It's such a weird thing. It's like, wait, you can drink and smoke and whatever, like 18, 21, um, but you need to be 25 to rent a car. Like, I'm not sure how that number came up, but yeah. What I'm hearing here, Mike, is an RPG fan road trip is in the future. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I haven't been on one of those in four years <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh yeah if you want to check out any of our wares you can find them at www.rpgfan.com shop if you'd like to get in contact with us here at random encounter you can do so at podcast rpgfan.com i would absolutely love to hear from you uh if you have any idea for future episode themes or uh, more discussion questions like hillary's great uh, suggestion for what is your what is your beverage of choice in hyrule uh-huh. uh please drop me a line give me the idea we'll talk about it on the show uh, if you'd like to send me an email, you can do so at jloganrpgfan.com, or you can find me on Mastodon at johnologan at mastodon.social. I am not the only person on this podcast with an online presence. Audra, where can we find you online? Email and Audra B at rpgfan.com. Cool. And Hillary, where can we find you online? Uh, email's best, Hillary A at rpgfan.com. And Mike, where can we find you online? Nowhere. Oh, uh, Mike at rpgfan.com. Yes. Uh, and, uh, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends, help us get the word out there. Uh, if you have a little bit of time, we would love if you would, uh, give us, drop us a review, uh, for random encounter or rhythm encounter or retro encounter. We would, uh, love to hear your feedback. Uh, well, again, thank you very much for joining us, Audra, Mike, Hillary. Uh, we are recording this pretty early on a Sunday morning, uh, because we wanted to give me the maximum minimum amount of time to edit this episode. Uh, I'm going to my, I'm going to Amanda's parents for mother's day this afternoon. So I have, I have quite a bit of editing to do, uh, uh, in the near future. So I should, I should probably sign off and get started on that. Um, thank you. But well, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate you. it. I mean, thank you for mm-hmm. such a quick turnaround and I hope we made the, we didn't make, do anything to make the edit difficult on you. Nah, none, no more than usual. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh I see. Oh. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's always a pleasure to edit you, Mike. Um, Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) What a strange thing to say to somebody. Uh, And to everyone out there listening, whatever you're playing, which I suspect might be Tears of the Kingdom, have fun.